0: prepare to care the aarp podcast that provides resources and tools for family caregivers i am your host charlene country james november is national family caregiver month it's time to honor the more than 40 million caregivers across the country while resources are available for these selfless individuals a new aarp study revealed that almost 1 in 10 say they have no one to talk to about their private matters. 1 in 5 say they cannot uh, or do not know where to get help. AARP's National Family Caregiver expert, Amy Goya, joins us today to talk about caregiving and resources that are available to help you to get where you need to go in your caregiving journey. Amy, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Charlene. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Caregiving is looking a little different in light of the pandemic. Talk to us a little bit, Amy, about what the new issues are that you're seeing.
1: Yeah, you know, what one of the key things is that caregivers have always been isolated, but with the pandemic they're even more isolated. You know, in isolation in that you're taking care of your loved ones, maybe you're working, maybe you're taking care of the rest of your family and you don't have time for anything else. And so mm-hmm. Friendships tend to fall by the wayside and you're not connecting with as many people. And now with the pandemic, it's even harder. So we have more people who are um, staying, uh, you know, not even necessarily going to the grocery store because they're trying to protect their loved ones that they're caring for. So that's a big concern. And and we know isolation is, is, is not good for our mental or physical health. We also have caregivers who are not getting breaks. You know, sometimes maybe they were having uh, someone come in to help take care of their loved ones uh, and they were getting a break and doing other things. Now they're not getting that or caregivers like I was who are working at home and taking care of their loved ones when usually going to work was a bit of a break for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're not getting that. And they don't want strangers coming in the home to take care of their loved ones. So then, you know, we've got a lot of that going on, too. And then, of course, there are people who have loved ones in nursing homes and um, uh, even assisted living facilities, you know, maybe an independent living facility. And then they Mm -hmm. can visit. And can't get in there to see what's really happening and, and advocate for their loved ones, and that's a really heartbreaking situation. Sometimes window visits. I don't know um, what it's like in Texas right now, but sometimes you can do some outdoor visits. Window visits. Yeah, sometimes. It's maybe easier in Texas in the winter to do outdoor visits, but not so much so in the in the colder, snowier states. Right. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of extra challenges that the pandemic has put on people who are already pretty well stretched. And, you know, we
0: know that making a plan is essential when you embark upon that caregiving journey. So what are some of the things that that plan should include to make sure that not only the care recipient is safe, but the caregiver as well?
1: Yes, very true. I always say a plan is a framework that we can always go back to, and Mm plans change, and that's almost to be expected, especially in a caregiving situation Mm -hmm. when things are just constantly changing. Mm -hmm. But you have to adjust those plans, and now with the pandemic, you really have to adjust those plans. Yeah. In fact, ARP created a fact sheet: the preparedness for caregivers during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and there's uh, some great tips in there. One of them is to adjust your team. Uh, who's going to do the shopping, who's going to do maybe outdoor work. Maybe this holiday season, someone can put out holiday decorations for your loved ones or do window visits, deliver meals. Um, I I Mm -hmm. found Interestingly, do you ever hear Charlene people saying, well, I'm doing it all. Most of my siblings won't do anything. Right. A common thing, but I'm being, yep, and,
0: to me. all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: But during the pandemic, I'm hearing more people being willing. A, there may have more time on their hands, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. it's just everybody feels a sense of being in this together. So sometimes you can get friends or family who haven't been helping to do some things now. Yeah. Uh, You know another thing is important is doing an inventory and making sure that they have the supplies they need especially if they're living in their own homes do they have you know the food the medical supplies the households cleaning supplies all of those things masks you know all of the things that they need and help them do that shopping if need be um it might be that you need to check on their medications Mm -hmm. they really recommend people having like a two-week supply so um making sure that they have that and helping facilitate if they don't and then staying connected you know you and i are sitting here talking on video Mm -hmm. video and um and and i feel like i'm i'm really connecting with you and Mm -hmm. that is possible more people Mm -hmm. are using technology to do that but you know some people say my i try to get my mom to use a tablet or a smartphone you can still talk on the telephone and that is still a very good connection. You know, it's still something that people uh, enjoy. And I, I suggest more frequent connections during this time because people, regardless, there's anxiety everywhere. They're feeling concerned. Right. So, Yeah, so, and then of course, safety and self-care, making sure they're taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. This.
0: You know, Amy, you brought up a good point about caregivers oftentimes take on that task Um, themselves um, saying that nobody else wants to take it on, and sometimes you know it's just knowing sometimes to ask people sometimes are waiting to be asked. And if you know if that's somebody's strength, particularly they like shopping and going to the grocery store,
1: why not ask? You know, oh, I totally agree. I think we have to be specific sometimes. Mm-hmm. Many times mm-hmm. people are willing to help, and they'll say, "Let me know if you need anything." That's exactly right. Like, yeah. eh, they should know, but the truth is they don't know. They so don't. try to have you know a list of things that other people mm-hmm. can pitch in and do, and and mm-hmm. many are willing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. you bring a meal on Tuesday mm-hmm. night, or okay, mm-hmm. when you go to the grocery store next time, can you text me and see if I need anything? Yeah. You know? Give them specific things to do. Right, yeah.
0: Now, we know that an AARP foundation and the United Health Family Study revealed that we are now in a, as you may call it during this pandemic, a loneliness pandemic. And so talk a little bit about that, because we know social isolation is a crisis during this
1: period. It really is. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds of adults in that study say that they feel socially isolated. Right. Two-thirds of all adults. And 66% uh, say they have had increased anxiety. So this is really significant. Mm-hmm. And, and as I mentioned earlier, isolation is detrimental to our mental mm-hmm. and physical health. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day and I read recently that it's worse than obesity on our own social isolation. So think about, you know, how many people, especially older adults have been isolated. And I think everybody's waking up to what that does to us. Right. Yes. Someone, you know, I don't know about you, Charlene, but I haven't been going out much and, you know, it does feel pretty isolated. Yeah, it
0: It, it really does. And I always feel for individuals that live in apartments and, you know, other group settings where they may not be able to just step out the front door into the yard or something, you know.
1: Someone, so yes
0: it's an issue. So yes. we know, know that um, November is uh, Military Family Awareness Month. So I'd like for you to touch on veterans and their caregivers and some of the challenges and their needs
1: as well. Yes, you know, there are 5.5 million military and veteran family caregivers in the US. Mm -hmm. Value is something like $14 billion if they were getting paid to provide that care. That's an incredible contribution. And so many of them are kind of silent. I mean, all caregivers tend to not be out there and often don't identify as such, but Mm -hmm. especially um, these caregivers and military and veteran caregivers tend to have worse health outcomes. They're they have more strains in family relationships. Um, they often have workplace challenges. And one of the interesting things is that they tend to start caregiving earlier and do so longer which may be because of of injuries sustained in military service Mm -hmm. they may uh, may be caring for a young spouse or a young partner who Mm -hmm. was injured and then has to deal with those injuries the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really um, a significant Mm -hmm. issue. I was a a veteran caregiver, my dad was a veteran, and Mm -hmm. um, he had incredible support from the VA. Uh, In the end, he was a World War II and and Korean War veteran, Mm -hmm. and daddy um, received aid and attendance benefits from the VA, which was cash assistance to help pay for his care. Mm -hmm. He also received um, home health care, home-based primary care with nurses and nurse practitioners that came to the house. We had help getting him out of bed and bathed every day. So we had really, really significant assistance, incontinence supplies, medication. so I really urge people to go to aarp.org/veterans and check out our AARP Military Caregiving Guide. We've got a lot of great resources in there, and it's um, information about how about the, the benefits from the VA and other organizations that really focus on veteran and military family caregivers. And in fact, my latest column on the AARP website. Is about support, you know, the the new challenges faced by veteran and military caregivers during the pandemic and some of the supports that we offer. So just go to arp.org slash veterans to get that information.
0: Well, Amy, believe it or not, the holidays are upon us. Can you believe (laughs) it? I already see Christmas lights (laughs) going up and the whole works. So, what would you say is a great gift for a caregiver?
1: Oh, great gift for a caregiver. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one thing caregivers want is help. <laughs> so, yeah. and as I mentioned before, there are ways people can help. Mm-hmm. During the pandemic. Even, you know, they may be different, but you can still bring a meal to a caregiver. You can do yard work for them. You can make phone calls um, to them or to their loved ones. Sometimes mm-hmm. just getting a little break of not being the only one who is interacting with a loved one. Uh, my best friend's mom, um, you know, I, I call her now and then just to have her hear a different mm-hmm. voice. Cause my friend is caring from afar. Um, you might help someone figure out how to get a break. The arch, arch um, the arch respite, locator is a great resource. our slash respite locator. There are still organizations that are offering respite during the pandemic. So always look into that. Mm-hmm. What else? I think, you know, for caregivers, besides help, it's like they need connections. We've been talking a lot today mm-hmm. about yeah. isolation. Mm-hmm. So send, send cards. Send one card a week for the next month or uh, or two you know mm-hmm. uh, send something set up zoom calls or facetime calls mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh you know send something in the mail a surprise leading up through the holidays mm-hmm. i think you know you can give gifts of connection by um doing zooms i watch movies with my sisters on the phone and we call each other and then we have our movie queued up on the tv mm-hmm. and um we're watching holiday movies already mm-hmm. and uh and we hit play at the same time and then we mm-hmm. mute our phones and we mm-hmm. usually have video on our phones and then we watch together and we can unmute ourselves to make mm-hmm. comments and talk about it afterwards and it feels like we're watching it together even though they're thousand miles away so fine you can and, and creative ways to connect with parents who are isolated and relax, you know, help them find ways to, you know, send an uh, essential oils or and a diffuser or a, Mm -hmm. one of those things you heat up in the microwave and put on your shoulder. Oh, yes, I have one of those. Aren't those great? Oh, they are. Yeah, cozy, nurturing, maybe get them an escape. I did these online experiences where Um, it was somebody in another country and they were talking walking us through their village and you felt like you got away you know so just get creative and find ways to connect and and make them feel like they've gotten a break
0: right and and you know another important part of that is letting them know that somebody else is thinking about them and and that you know they're not in this journey alone there are others yeah and as you say Connecting with others mm-hmm. that may have similar stories or who can give you some um, uplifting um, way to escape. Yes. You know,
1: yes. So, something, something uh, uplifting. You know, the other thing, which I should not have left out, is just to thank them. You know, that's that's so many true. caregivers, whenever I meet a caregiver, mm-hmm. I say thank you for what you're doing because often caregivers mm-hmm. don't get thanks. They don't get things, and a lot of
0: times, you know, they don't acknowledge being a caregiver. It's just something that we do. Oh, that I just do that. Who wouldn't take care of their, you know, mother, father, whomever. Right. But I do, and I'm so glad that the increasing visibility of National Family Caregiver Month mm-hmm. is really uh, being heightened because we do want to acknowledge everybody that is serving in some
1: capacity
0: as a caregiver
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for talking about family caregivers.
0: Oh, listen, I'm a caregiver. I know so many people that are caregivers and it's just a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I know AARP has a wealth of information and resources. So we appreciate your coming um, and presenting today with us.
1: Absolutely, thank you so yes. much. And go to arp.org caregiving for lots and lots of great resources and support.
0: Well, thank you.
1: AARP has a host of
0: caregiving information, as I've just said, readily available for veterans and military families and caregivers at aarp.org forward slash veterans. We encourage you to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at www.aarp.org houstonptc Houston P-T-C. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.